So, the last couple of weeks, I've been I've been talking uh, to you about going, uh, and and I'm I'm technically technically finished uh, with that, uh, but yet just in the process of praying this week and considering what I needed to to share with you today, this is something that the Lord just dropped into my spirit. Now, at the end of last last week's talk, <clears throat> when we were praying here in the front. Uh, the Holy Spirit just, just dropped into my heart uh, the instance with, with Samson, excuse me, with Samson uh, pulling honey from, uh, from a dead carcass and how there was issues with that. Well, Monday morning when I came to the church, uh, the Lord again dropped, kind of just dropped a devotion based off of that. And I don't know if, if any of you guys had saw it. Uh, I, I typically don't do this, but I just felt the need to do it. I, I put a devotion that kind of dove into that a little bit deeper. So if you haven't watched it, I would encourage you to go uh, watching it uh, <clears throat> on Facebook and YouTube. And then Wednesday night, again, the Holy Spirit was just pulling more out of uh, that story there in Judges 13 with Samson uh, and, and the honey. And then today, not necessarily with Samson and the honey, but yet still in that same area, uh, the Lord just dropped this into my spirit. Uh, and it's to go along with what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, uh, which was, can anyone tell me? Because I, I, I got three gift cards I'm going to give away today because our message is stirred and ready. And I got three Starbucks gift cards that I'm going to give away. Can someone tell me? Uh, the title of my message, the exact title over the last two weeks. I'm going to tell myself and I'm going to keep this gift card. Somebody tell this pat the past two Sundays. Who just said that? Wes? You, you got a gift card. Uh, Micah, would you come get the gift card for, for, for Wes? Awesome. Shame on the rest of you guys. What am I doing up here? Oh, Lord. Golly. Now, second question. You didn't know you was going to have to answer questions today. I gave out, an, I gave out a hashtag last week. Oh, oh bitch, what is it? <laughs> How can you not remember that? All right, you got a gift card too. Hashtag get naked. Now I have something to, to, to go along with that. We have some very artistic uh, people in the church, and someone made me a shirt this week that says West Side hashtag get naked. <laughs> now let me give you a little explanation to this. Even though I have heard reports of some of you married couples taking it literal, uh, thumbs up. We won't go any further with that. That would be for a marriage uh, conference. Uh, what was meant with this is to come to the Lord naked, not to hide anything, not to cover any, uh, anything up, but just come to the Lord as you are, get naked before the Lord. 
So if you're wondering, okay, if, if you're online and you're wondering, or you wasn't here today, you're like, a church saying get naked, we're not pushing a new, a, a new church or anything like that. We're talking about coming before the Lord and saying, here I am. Thank you, Kina. Kina did an awesome job. You didn't want me to say. Kina did not want me to say, but I could not go without, without saying. She will be selling these for $10 a piece uh, <laughs> if you want to match me. Get naked. So one more card. What, what, can someone give me, this is for, for uh, the Wednesday night crew. What was, what was this past Wednesday's message? Huh? That was last week. That was the week before last week. Some honey and death. Awesome, awesome. Good try, though. That was two weeks ago. Uh, you got that in your subconscious. Awesome, honey and death. So, gave you some chance to get you get you a, a coffee that will be uh, stirred and and ready. So, so today. I'm going to be talking about this, stirred and ready. And we're going to be pulling from Judges 13, and we're going to be looking at something that occurred in Samson's life, but something that also occurred in his, in his mom's life. Because both of them was called into something, and before they could go and do it and be a part of it, they had to get ready. And that's really the sum of the message today is we are called to go. God has been saying that to us as a congregation in my conversations with many of you. Uh, you've just been sensing and feeling that in your own spirit. God is saying go or God is saying live. God is saying go do. Be what I've called you to be. And I really love hearing some of that from you because it is a straight up confirmation to what you know, the Lord has placed in my spirit and, and the messages that I've been given the last two weeks. We also know that God is a God of order. And God wants us to be ready for whatever it is that he sends us into. And so we're going to look at this area of scripture. And we're going to just kind of see how God readied Samson and his mother. Uh, specifically for what they was to go and do. So let's, let's read this. Uh, the first one is just going to be... Uh, actually... The first one is going to be Judges 13.25, uh, Dennis. Sorry, uh, my fault if I got that mixed up. So it says, And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him in Mahanadan between Zorah and Estel. So this is when the Bible is talking about Samson. And the Bible just kind of goes into Samson's life and talks about how he was born, talks about what he was not to do, and then it says that he was stirred. Now, what it was, the context that it was talking about is that he was stirred to go into a Philistine village to marry a particular woman. And the Bible says that God put this woman in his eyes so that he would be positioned in the Philistine camp so that God can bring a victory for his people. So what we have right there 
is God stirring Samson up. God stirring Samson to go to this place, to meet this woman, to get married, so that ultimately God would have a victory. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. We're going to dive more deeper into the ready aspect. But I have to say this to say what I'm going to say. And it begins with me asking you a question. What is God stirring in you? The last two weeks, we've been talking about going and God will be with you. Go, God will be with you. Go, God will be with you. Go, God will be with you. But to go along with that, I have to ask, not for my knowledge, but for your own personal awareness or for your declaration, is what is God stirring in you? What's been going on in your mind? What's been going on in your spirit? What's been God just kind of been lighting a fire underneath you about? Because with Samson... When it was time for him to go, God began to stir in him something. And what has God been stirring in you? Now, I got a lot of positive feedback over the last two weeks, uh, over the messages that we talked about over the last two weeks. And it's been encouraging for people to hear, go, God will be with you. Go, God will be with you. Go, God will be with you. But it's one thing to be stirred, and, or it's one thing to be encouraged and to be made, to, be made uh, to feel good about going. It's another thing knowing what to do. So I, I can encourage you and, and, and I can excite you and I can make you feel all day long about God saying, Go, go, you'll be blessed. Go, God will be with you. Go, you'll have wisdom, knowledge, understanding, power. But if that message is to really come to pass, then we have to ask the really big question, what is God stirring in me to go and do? Or what things are stirring in me and what things do I need to decipher which is God, which is me, which is some other kind of influence? So Samson was ready he had lived his life a certain way, and God began to stir in him at a specific place. It says, now I'm horrible with biblical names. Uh, Jake is awesome. When Jake spoke here Wednesday night, I was like, wow, I wish I could pronounce how he could pronounce it. So he was in, I'm, I'm only going to say part of it, Mahane. Between Zora and Esto. So the Bible, so when the Bible gives an exact place, it, 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 there is exact, an exact reason or an exact time. So there was this exact place and exact reason that God began to stir in him. I believe for us, we are in an exact place at an exact time to go and do something specific. But yet we have to realize that God is stirring us. Your restlessness could be you stirring or God stirring. Your dissatisfaction with one thing, but yet your openness to another thing could be God stirring. Consistent ideas 
toward the same thing over and over and over again could be God stirring. A dream you have in the night could be God stirring. You know, the last couple of weeks I've shared a little bit about me, how God has kind of stirred in me a few things. This past week, I had a dream. And I had a dream that I was in an airplane getting ready to skydive, but I was very hesitant. And that the door of the plane came open, and it was time for me to jump, baby. But I was like, man, I don't know about this. There ain't no forgiveness in these mistakes. Like, I like action sports that has a little bit of forgiveness. There's no forgiveness in this. And I distinctly remembering in my dream, me saying, oh, well, I'm just going to do it. Let's rock and roll. And I ran and I jumped out of the plane and I woke up. Now, whether I splatted or whether I land, I don't know. I woke up. I made it. Yeah. But what that meant for me is just a confirmation for me to go and do a couple of the things that I have mentioned to you over the last two weeks for my own life. It was just a confirmation for me. Because even though I, 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 I said, okay, I, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to do, there, there, I always have hesitation with things. And there has been hesitation on my part and questions on my part. And it was just God's way of confirming to me, Johnny or Jonathan, go do it. Jump out of the plane. You got a parachute. Go. I'll be with you. So if you're having similar experiences, that's God stirring in you. Now, let's look at, let's take this a little bit deeper. And let's look at getting ready for what God is stirring in us. Let me go ahead and read uh, Judges 13, verses 3 through 5. Let's jump there real fast. There we go. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have not born children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore, be careful and drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Right here, we have two people being made ready. You have a very practical readiness and you have a very spiritual readiness. For Samson's mother, it was a very practical readiness. He said to her, be careful, be cautious with, with, with whatever you're doing. He also said to her, drink no wine. Then he said to her, drink no strong drink. Then he went on to say, eat nothing unclean. This was very practical. Any of these things, if she was careless in her life, she, she could hinder the outcome of Samson. If she would have been drinking in her life, if she would have been drinking strong drink, if she could, would have been eating anything unclean, she could have hindered what God was stirring in her womb. And that was the birthing and the conception of Samson. A very, very practical 
readiness. Don't do A, B, and C because it will just hinder what I'm sending you to go and do. And then we jump into Moses, or not Moses, Samson. Samson was a little bit different, not so much practical, but absolutely spiritual. So she told him that Samson is going to be a Nazarite. So a Nazarite is basically a person in Israel that has chosen to make a certain vow unto God. One of the vows is they was not to cut any of their hair. They couldn't shave their beard. They couldn't cut their eyebrows. They couldn't cut their hair. Whether that be for a lifetime or whether that be for a period of time. Some people made that vow just for a period of time. For Samson, though, it was a lifetime. Out of the womb, he was to be a Nazarite. Also, he was not to partake in any kind of thing associated with a grape. That was to eat grapes, eat raisins, drink wine, or consume any type of vinegar. A third thing is he was not to go anywhere near a dead carcass, even if it meant missing the funeral tradition of his own parents. It was a very strict and strong vow. vow. And he was to come out of the womb as a Nazarite. So basically this was very, very spiritual, not so much practical, but God wanted him set aside to be spiritually clean, spiritually connected, to be also sensitive to God, and to be in a position so that he could be empowered by the Spirit of the Lord. And this was God's way for making him ready. So you have these two individuals, and you see that one individual had a very practical direction to get ready for what God was calling her to do, and that was to give birth to a child. Then you have another person, and their getting ready was absolutely spiritual, which was connected to the practical, but yet the reasonings was spiritual. So we look at this and we see that God was making these people ready in two ways, practicality and spirituality. And oftentimes in our lives, God does one or both to get us ready. God will lead us. God will position us. God will begin to convict us to make changes in our practical lives, things that we physically do. Things that we physically look at, people that we are physically around, things that we physically make choices to partake in. God might change some of these things to get us ready. Change what we eat. Change what we drink. Change how much time we sit as opposed to being active. There's all sorts of ways that God might lead us to be very practical in getting ready for whatever it is that he's calling us to do. Sometimes we can be so spiritually minded in the body of Christ that we're no earthly good. Now that's not a scripture. People say it is, but it's not. But it is a nice principle. And the reason I say that is when we are going about doing what God has called us to do, we not we don't just need to think in a term of spirituality, but we should also think in the term of practicality. What do we practically need to change to do what God has spiritually called us to do? 
What do we practically need to stop doing? What do we practically need to start doing? What do we practically need to change in order for God to use us? How are we adjusting our time? How are we spending our time? How are we spending our energy? How are we spending our thoughts? How are we spending our money? What is going on in our relationships? All these things, and we can go on and on and on and on and on again, but we as individuals has to sit down and recognize, okay, what is God wanting us to change in a very practical sense or context to be able to do what he's called us to do? Maybe it's to come to church more in spite of fear and worries. Maybe it's getting involved in people's lives. Maybe it's being a part of a group. Maybe it's forgiving. Maybe it's loving somebody that you don't want to love. Maybe it's just, just doing something so practical. Maybe it's stop eating pizza. Maybe it's stop eating tortillas. Or not as much. Maybe it's having double the beans as opposed to double the rice. I don't know. I'm just being silly right now, but... The point is, what can we do practically? Now, let's, let, let's, jump, let, let's jump to a thought in this. What Samson was to do and what Samson's mom was to do was what God was leading them to do. It's not what God would most likely, especially in the, in, in the form of Nazarite, now it might be in the form of drinking, but especially in the form of Nazarite, what God would lead us to do. So my, my point is this. God led them because this is what they needed individually. And how God led them will most likely be different than how God will lead us. And even though God called Samson to be a Nazarite, doesn't mean that God is going to call me to be a Nazarite, thank the Lord. I mean, I could handle the long hippie hair. That would be kind of cool. My wife would absolutely hate it. But what I'm trying to say to us is, what is God saying to you? Their ways was different than any other ways. Like, nobody else in the family was told to do this. This was for Samson's mom to do and for Samson to do for them to be ready for their own individual purpose, path, and calling. So you can't look at me and think that God is going to have you do something that I'm to do. There might be some similarities, but not the exact same way because my path is different. What I need is different. What you need is different for me. So my question to you is, what is God trying to lead you, you as an individual, not us as a church, you as an individual to get you ready to go and do? You. See, this can be a bit challenging for people because what it requires, it requires that people have this one-on-one -on -one interaction, connection, and ear for God. Because I can't just preach you a message and tell you what to do. Like, I can't get up here and preach a message and, and everybody is to follow along 
that path. Yes, there is some basic spiritual disciplines that we all follow. And that's very plainly laid out in the scripture. But when it comes down to specifics, a pastor, an evangelist, an apostle, a prophet, whatever, cannot give you a general set of guidelines to follow in order for you to be ready. You and I has to connect with God as individuals, which requires us having time with him. Requires us having a conversation. And what is a conversation? It's a point, it's an experience of speaking and hearing. So it's about us having a conversation with God, speaking and hearing what changes we need to make in order to go. For some, some people like to piggyback off the spirituality of their spiritual leader. And at times that's okay, and at times that's acceptable. But there are other times when we have to realize, i got to feed myself. i got to chop my own veggies. i got to carve my own meat. i got to turn my own oven on. I got to spice it up myself. I have to cook it. I have to watch it. And I have to make sure it doesn't get overcooked myself. Am I making sense? And this is one of those moments. It's when you and I find out from God what we as individuals need to change. Now, it doesn't mean we don't seek wisdom. It doesn't mean we don't ask people to pray for us. It doesn't mean we don't have conversations with your pastors or people you're connected to to hash out maybe some things. Because the Bible does teach us that it's wise to seek wise counsel over any matter. But what really is happening in us is between us, because the Bible does say seek out your own, your own salvation with fear and trembling. So even though we are a body, the Bible also distinctly teaches of the need and the necessity for us to have a one-on-one individual relationship with God so each and every one of us can hear him, be led by him, be corrected by him in a very personal and intimate way. Amen? So we each have a way, and this way is from God and will allow us to be the best us and be able to do what God is stirring in us. I'm coming to an, to an end. Uh, in fact, worship team, you guys can go ahead and come up. That will definitely make, make me come to an end where I'm not lying to you. You know, the preacher's 15-minute uh, lie. I'll be done in 15 minutes. And 45 minutes later, it's, I'll be done in 15 minutes. Not going to do that. As we're coming to an end, I, I, I won't 
to challenge or encourage you to take an assessment of your life. Sometimes these aren't fun and they're not easy, especially when changes are involved. But take an assessment of your life. Be open to the Holy Spirit. And pray to God and simply ask, Lord, what do I need to change? Because I'm ready to go. I'm ready to obey. I'm ready to do whatever it takes feel what's in me and because I'm ready I need to know what I need to change for that to happen what's interesting is unless you are truly ready to go you'll never truly ask God this and mean it Because when you have these conversations with God, He'll let you know. He might shock you with the thought He gives you, or the idea or the conviction that you begin to get. Like when you ask God this, you may not get an immediate thought, but you could be sitting there watching TV and all of a sudden you get convicted. And you're like, oh, I used to not get convicted over this. And then the Holy Spirit reminded you, or will remind you. You asked me to show you how to change. So now I'm convicting you. Are you used to have an alarm set for six o'clock? Never thought about any change. And at 10 or 11, when you're crawling into bed, all of a sudden the thought and the idea is change your alarm to five. And at first you're like, why do I need to change to five? I'm okay with six. And then the Holy Spirit reminds you. You asked me to help you make a change. And I'm just reminding you, you can get up at five, have some time with me to start the change. Sometimes it can be loud and clear. God, what do I need to change? And you will get a flood of information. You need to change this. You need to change that. You need to change this one. It can happen in many ways. But what I've experienced as a pastor is that typically people don't ask these kind of questions and mean it unless they're really ready to change. And in this context, it's going. If you're really, if you're really ready to go, really ready to do whatever it is God is stirring in you then you have to you have to seriously have moments and I say that in a plural sense you have to have moments with God be like God what do I need to change see what's interesting is Samson's mother was told how to get ready so she was told how to get ready before it even happened like before she even conceived 
she was told, this is what you need to do. And I really like that. God was preparing her before it ever even happened. And God will do that to us. He'll start preparing us before anything even happens. But it was different with Samson. Samson? God began to stir in him to go to that Philistine village because he had already made himself ready. See, two different things. Samson's mom was told things to get ready. Samson was told what to do because he was ready. And we will find both of those experiences in our life. We will find the Holy Spirit leading us to get ready. And then we will find the Holy Spirit leading us because we are ready. And to be very honest with you, our idea of ready oftentimes is not God's idea of ready. You could think you're ready and the Holy Spirit like, no boy, no girl, you got a lot of baggage you need to get rid of. That little attitude you cop at, that, at, that, at, at the drive-thru at Starbucks, uh-uh, you, you need to put that one under the blood. We got another year to work on that. Because I don't need you copping an attitude with my people when they just rub you the wrong way. Or sometimes we can be like, oh God, no, I'm not ready to preach. I'm not ready to talk. I'm not ready to pray. Oh Jesus Almighty, please don't put me in front of people. Or God, no, I'm not ready to, let, let, to, to start paying tithes or whatever it might be. And God would be like, you're ready. Go. Trust me. Lean on me. You can do all things through me that will give you strength. So we, we, we have these different ways and experiences of being made ready. And just like we see with Samson's mom and with Samson. But the heaviness of this message is to open your heart and open your mind and having a conversation with God get yourself ready who, who, who spoke did you speak the word you, you spoke that word this morning Woo. I have to be honest not, not all words touch me or not all words impact me but That word this morning was God. It was different. I don't know if you know it or not. It was different even how you normally flow. Different. The whole dynamics of it was different. And God was saying this morning, hey, I'm coming back. We definitely ain't going to put no timeline on that. We don't do that junk around here. But the Bible does teach us that we can know the, sign, the times we're in by the signs that's being had. And this message is so relatable to a king that's coming back. Because, see, our king don't want us to be lazy and complacent. Right before he told his people, or right before he ascended, he told his disciples to go. 
us going, our going, is very much so in correlation with his coming. We got to go. Because our going is beneficial in two ways. Our, go is, our going is beneficial for us. Going helps make us ready for the Lord, but it also helps other people being made ready for the Lord. Even if you don't think what you want to go do is going to be beneficial to God whatsoever, you will be amazed at how God will use you and whatever it is that he is stirring you to do for the blessing and for the love and for the benefit of somebody else. God is coming and we need to start going. Amen? Stand to your feet if you would. Let's just sing a song.